Hi, everyone. I'm Gary Knoll. Nice to have you with us today. We begin our program with a study from Nottingham Trent University. And it's about a naturally occurring molecule, and it shows promise as effective first-line treatment for prostate cancer. Well, that's a big deal. Something that's natural, non-toxic, yes. The anti-cancer properties of carnosine, C-A-R-N-O-S-I-N-E, against cells derived from both primary and metastatic prostate cancer, where the cancer began and where it had spread to another part of the body. Well, carnosine, which can be produced by the body and is also found in animal products, has long been advocated for use as an antioxidant to facilitate healthy aging. In fact, it would be among my 10 best anti-aging nutrients, 1,000 milligrams a day. We never knew it could do this against cancer. But there have been reports of carnosines being effective against the development of a number of different cancers, but this is the first time it has been studied in relation to prostate cancer. The researchers found that carnosine stopped the cells from multiplying and at higher doses even killed cancer from both primary and metastatic cancer cells while remaining safe to the healthy non-dividing cells. Although carnosine is rapidly degraded by enzymes in the body, the researchers argue that it could potentially be an initial treatment for prostate cancer if a constant slow release uh, mechanism is used. So, good news there. I suggest that 500 milligrams of carnosine a day, mainly for the slowing down aging, because it slows down the unraveling of the telomeres on the ends of chromosomes. The tighter those chromosomes are bound at their tips, the longer the cell's going to live, the longer the organ's going to live, the longer you will live. And carnosine does that better than anything else. So now for the men, use this to also prevent prostate cancer. Another study from the University of Helsinki, which is in Finland, rye, R-Y-E, beats laxatives for constipation relief. Writing in the Journal of Nutrition, researchers from the University of Helsinki report that whole grain rye bread performed better than laxatives and white bread in the easing of symptoms of constipation. By the way, almost 27% of all of Western countries' population suffers from constipation. And uh, I guess it's the combination of the fibers, and uh, which could be fermented by bacteria in the colon, and that leads to an increase in colonic short-chain fatty acids, or what are called SCFAs. In any case, the rye makes a difference. So, just something to think about. Something can help you. Our next study comes from the University of Texas. And this is about having this device nearly can give you serious brain drain. Yeah. Another study conducted by researchers at the University of Texas at Austin suggests that just your having smartphone in viewing distance lowers your cognitive capacity and overall brain power. The team at the University of Texas Austin gave people a test that gauged attention control and cognitive processes. They found that the ability to maintain and process data 
improved dramatically when the person's smartphone was in another room during the test. Participants who kept their phones locked away in a pocket or bag also performed better on the test than those who were within glancing distance of their smartphones. Even if a smartphone was turned off or was put face down, it still appeared to zap the owner's cognitive resources. That's interesting. So what is it about this? It's just that what we're seeing is a linear trend that shows us that the smartphone has become essential to a lot of people's cognitive function because almost anything they want in life, they'll just look at their smartphone and ask a question or type it in and suddenly there's an answer. Not requiring the person to do anything. Well, that's not good. It's a shortcut to getting answers, but you never get the full answer. You never get the full context. You never know more about what you're asking than the simplest uh, answer. And that is not good. I remember once when I took my book, uh, the For Women Only. It was 1,600 plus pages. Now, normally a publisher doesn't publish a book that big. Nobody would buy it. You'd have to retail it for like 75 to to $100. In any case, my major houses like Random House and good publishers, I had sold a lot of books with these uh, major companies. They thought it was just too big. Even my agent said, it's too big. Gary, if you want to do it, do it as a series. Break it into 200-page sections. That way you'd have eight books. But I just said, no, I'm, I'm going to take a shot. So I found a small publisher, uh, Seven Stories Press. And indeed, it cost 75 bucks. But I ended up on PBS with a special on this. And we sold, I think, somewhere around 75,000 copies. So it was a monster hit. And, uh, but today I'd be lucky to have many of the younger people have the patience or even desire to read a 50 page book. And you're seeing on Amazon, all these really tiny books. And these are not really books. These are booklets. In fact, I wrote an article longer than these, but that's what people want. Now they want even shorter. Some prefer reading a classic like Moby Dick in two pages. Just give me a summary. Tell me the beginning, middle, and the end. Well, how's that helping us? It doesn't. So let's rediscipline ourselves and try to discipline, if you're a parent, discipline your children to do cursive writing, which can help their brain, and taking their time reading, and then talking about what they've read. Talk it back to you to let you see, do they really get the message in the book? University of uh, Cagliari in Italy, a supplement offers hope for Parkinson's patients plagued with bad dreams. A new study that an over-the-counter supplement may safely reduce unpleasant acting out dream behaviors in people with Parkinson's disease. Now, many Parkinson's disease drugs act as stimulants that disrupt normal RM. REM sleep, where most vivid dreaming occurs. That can cause REME sleep behavior disorder, a condition where patients physically act out aggressive or defensive movements in response to disturbing dreams. Now, 
Italian researchers found that taking 50 milligrams daily of 5-hydroxytryptophan, or 5-HTP, a compound naturally produced from tryptophan in the diet, led to improvements in dream stability in 16 Parkinson's disease patients prone to unpleasant dream uh, enactments. Uh, although adding 5-HTP didn't significantly reduce the episodes, patients reported less intense, disturbing dreams during the treatment period. And that's important. So, by the way, 5-hydroxytryptophan is transformed into serotonin and melatonin in the body, brain chemicals important for healthy sleep-wake cycles. And also from Auckland University in New Zealand, margarine consumption is linked to lower IQ in children. A recent study on dietary influences of IQ turned up a surprising connection. Children who ate margarine regularly scored significantly lower on intelligence tests than their peers. The study was conducted by researchers from Auckland University and published in the journal Intelligence. Why? Must have something to do with the fatty acids in it, the form of fat. But I'm just guessing, because they don't even know. It's just, if you have a child, don't give them margarine. How about that? Olive oil is good, right? And olives are good. Have meat olives, avocados, walnuts, macadamia nuts. All good. Margarine? No. And that's the latest on health and healing. We're going to take a break. Come right back. And for those of you who are watching this today, go to the live program because I pre-recorded this just before the show uh, because I have a special today on artificial intelligence. It's going to take the whole hour with commentary. Don't forget, go to the archives, prn.live, scroll down to archives, then scroll down to Gary and All's notes, and you'll get all the different information that we didn't have room for in the program itself. Also, sign up for the Gary and All newsletter. Go to GaryandAll.com and scroll down. It shows you how to do that. Thank you for watching. Hi, everyone. I'm Gary Nall. Nice to have you with us today. We're not beginning with health and nutrition. I have a special today. It'll be going throughout this week. What are the greatest dangers that we face as a society? Well, we have a lot. We have about 30 different, and I've discussed these, like global warming, for example. That's only one. The complete capture of our media, the uh, corruption within our body politic, our Justice Department has been completely weaponized against this opposition. But there's something greater than all that combined. Artificial intelligence. We have collected the most important and insightful discussions of artificial intelligence. First, the promises. If you just bought the promises, what a package you get. It's going to do everything imaginable for you. And indeed, much of that is true. I could, I've discussed this at some length in the past about what happens when you no longer have to do anything for yourself because someone else is doing it for you. Some form of artificial intelligence or virtually humanistic uh, robot. What about if you're lonely? What if you're a person that's no longer young and handsome or beautiful and you're in your 20s? But what if now you're in your 40s and 50s? 
and the selection process is diminished and you don't know what to do. Well, now you can get a robot. A robot that will have at least 1,200 different personalities. Every desire you have, it will satisfy. Do you not realize what that will do to relationships? Also, you realize what that will do as far as having another generation. What what are we going to do? Look at Japan as an example of the older generation and uh, having to be supported by the younger generation that isn't capable of doing it. So I'm going to do an in-depth discussion with the best minds who support artificial intelligence, who create it. When they appear on a show, everybody say, sign me up. I'm saying, not so fast. Because what they did with COVID, they're doing with artificial intelligence, first programming you, like they did with G5. They didn't tell you the backstory of 10,000 studies showing it increased cancer at a tremendous rate in environmental illness and prematurely age you and shorten your, shorten your telomeres, which means you shorten your chromosomes, which means you shorten your life. We will tell you that story all this week in depth. So we're going to begin in a moment. Before we do that, how many of you care about what's going on in Israel? How many of you care, but you only care about what happens to the Jewish people? And we all should be concerned about what happens to the Jewish people. They should be able to live in peace and harmony. They deserve that. What about the Palestinian people? What about the Christian Palestinians? But if you listen to all the mainstream media and you listen to Sean Hannity, you would think, and everyone else at Fox, you would think that anything that Israel's doing, they're doing with only the intent to stop Hamas and to end its destructive ways. Really? It's not true. I'm going to play you a clip right now, start our program, of a medical doctor. Very distinguished, board certified, good reputation. Oh, and he was just fired. Why? Because he was defending the doctors and the health workers in Gaza. And nothing that he is saying, have you read in the New York Times? But you will hear today. Here's the story. It's a short clip, only a minute and a half long. But this is going on every day. Beyond the news. Now to the clip. No return where blatant disregard for international humanitarian law scars our collective consciousness. As of this morning, 283 healthcare workers in Gaza have been killed. The last two months has been the deadliest conflict in United Nations history, with 133 of their staff members killed. There have been 212 attacks on Gaza healthcare facilities since October 7th. This includes 24 different hospitals that have been bombed by Israel, over 100 ambulances that have been put out of service. Israel has arrested dozens of doctors. Their whereabouts remain unknown. Keep in mind, 
This is a this is a problem. Think about it, just go to neutral for a moment and ask yourself, what if you were told that you could only take the possessions that you can wear or carry? You will be given no food, no water. You will not have a place to stay. You'll go to a place and just sit on the ground, but it's a safe sanctuary. The government of Israel said these are safe places. You get there, then you find that a United States 200-pound bomb was used to destroy that safe space. And then you go to another safe space that you're told by the government of Israel is a safe space and a safe quarter to get there. And then all the, all the way down, you're strafed by jet planes, American-made and armed, and you have no place to go. You're trapped. And yet you don't support Hamas. In one family, 90 members of a large family, extended family, were killed. But then you think, well, they wouldn't bomb the, the churches, yes, and the mosque, yes, and the hospitals, yes. You just heard this. So they're bombing every single thing they can. 70% of all the buildings in, uh, in Gaza have been destroyed, 70%. They're making it rubble, so it will never be inhabitable. Also, the weapons they're using are depleted uranium. So not only if they could come in there and bulldoze it out, it can't be done because depleted uranium lasts 4,000 years and causes a lot of birth defects. But what about the West Bank? Surely that's a safe place. No, it's not. The settlers, all illegal, and they're over somewhere between 400 and 500,000 of them, they've been just randomly killing innocent Palestinian farmers, cutting down their thousand-year-old olive trees and taking over their houses. I've seen the videos. You can see them for yourself. Don't take my word for it. The, uh, the settlers come in. They're all armed and they tell a family that's been there for over 70 years, we're going to give you till tomorrow. You have one day to vacate this property. It's now our property. But it's not your property. We've lived here for three to four generations. doesn't matter. If you're still here tomorrow, you'll be killed. And indeed, you see that. I have a video of a guy the next day saying something to the effect that he can't get everything out in one day, and they just shoot him right in the stomach. Then someone else comes up and shoots him again. Is that a crime? Obviously not. Killing innocent people and taking their land is not a crime in Israel today. And then, but don't they have a settler's court? Yes. And judges are settlers. And the police, settlers. We haven't seen anything like this in going clear back to the Warsaw Ghetto Uprisings. And yet the average American has no knowledge of this, just some vague idea that there's a war going on and you know, it's someone else's business. It's not someone else's business because our money, our tax dollars are paying for it. Just a reminder, I just want to share that with you. Now we're going to, and by the way, for telling the truth, nothing he said was a lie. He was fired. But he's in Canada. And, whoa. What a completely corrupt government they have. Just fascistic in the extent. 
But now I want to take you to where we're going this whole week. The real dangers of artificial intelligence, but you wouldn't know it from the people who promote it, who benefit from it, who are funding it, or the leading spokespersons. They're giving you the best picture of it. After this, I will come back and give you a commentary of the truth of it. Let's now go to our first clip, which is, and this is, uh, this is from Eric Weinstein, and he's considered one of the smartest men in the world involving artificial intelligence and physics and science. How quickly will artificial intelligence take over? Okay, now to the clip. You just lost your capitalist model. You have a model with two inputs called K and L that's taught in every university that subscribes to neoclassical economics. What's AI? Is it L? Is it labor? Is it capital? What the heck is it? This is the first time that humans are not being chased into higher and higher levels of work. We're being chased out of repetitive work, mm. whether it's high-level repetitive work in the, the way that a neurosurgeon might perform or low-level repetitive work. So your model of economics just broke. Now, when your water breaks, when your wife's water breaks, it doesn't mean that the baby is born instantly. When the contractions are coming, you know, 15 minutes apart, it's not yet time to be born. This is the moment. Why are we not holding a conference on uh, after capitalism and communism? What is the next economic system? Do you imagine that Adam Smith uh, and Karl Marx would just be sitting on their hands? No, they'd be smart enough to say, okay, we now need a new model. It is bizarre that we are sitting here inert saying, gosh, this is going to break capitalism. Well, no kidding. This is going to break capitalism. It's entirely clear that it's going to break capitalism. And you have this fabric. It's, it's really fascinating. You have a fabric that is overlying the entire world that directs people whether to get up in the morning and what to do once they do, once they do rise. And it tells them how to do things without having a dictator. So this it's not just the invisible hand. It's the invisible mesh. And this invisible mesh, if it breaks means people are not going to know what to do in the morning. And now you can see that this is going to break it. Now you have a brief period of time with what my wife uh, uh, has called, as she's an economist uh, with the Institute for New Economic Thinking. She says this is the golden age of AI complementarity, where a human being making prompts can ask the large language model or, or neural net, whatever, whatever you like, questions and the two of them in dialogue can create something. It's sort of like when humans and, and computers started playing chess together. This is going to quickly give way to where the AI says I can take it from here. And how quick do you think it's going to be, Eric? Probably pretty quick. But keep in mind that there's some things that could happen. Because what these machines are doing is reading a human corpus uh, when, when it comes to language models, let's say. Uh, it could be that they asymptote based on how clever we've been. For example, they don't do a very good job in areas where there are fewer than 200 people writing about a very high-level scientific subject. So I ask these computer models a lot about determinant line bundles, not something in general uh, conversation. And they're terrible at it because they don't know what to read or how much... They don't have enough. So it's possible that I that that could asymptote. But the thing you really have to keep in mind is that a clever person at one of these AI outfits 
might figure out how to teach computers to do things that no one has done. So we know that they have emergent behaviors, that you may not teach them Bengali, but they realize they have to learn Bengali in order to tell you about Tagore, so learn Bengali, they do. That's an emergent behavior. What happens when they start to... Uh, well, you know, I hesitate to give you an example because I think this could be weaponized. So maybe I'm not going to say what I think you could actually teach one of these machines to do. All hell's about to break loose. And my question is, are you, are you trying to figure out which way the wave is going to break and get your surfboard in the water? Are you, are you trying to figure out how to anticipate this? No, in general, we sit around worrying about it in the most inert way possible. And I just don't understand the learned helplessness. This is, the, your, your wife's water is broken, and you're thinking, this is terrible. It's like, you, you have to be thinking, get to the hospital. Agreed. Temperamentally, I'm with you. But I think what Francis is getting at is, look, I introduced you as one of the smartest people in the world. I stand by that introduction. There are also some other smart people who are, some of whom are saying, we got to shut this shit down right now. We need a moratorium. We can't allow this How's to How's that go. working? I, I, I don't agree. That no, I, no, no, I'm not saying whether it, it's a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah. What I'm saying is, how is it working when China exactly. and Russia and Iran are reading these papers. That's why it's not going to work, and I, I agree with you. But my, I think our question that we're trying to get at is, why is are people like Elon Musk so concerned about AI? Because he's smart. Because he doesn't see anybody really... I mean, look, I don't know... Elon and I are sort of leading parallel lives. He must be aware of me, sometimes answers me on, on Twitter, and sometimes we encounter each other in spaces, but we know probably 25 people in common at a very high level. We never encounter each other. I can't tell you what's going on with Elon. Elon is on all of the major narratives, and I 90 to 95% agree with him on everything right up until the very end. And I don't know why that goes wrong. But his whole narrative about getting off the planet and diversifying the number of places where the spark of human consciousness can be found without having all of our eggs in one basket, 100% right. And then it becomes a SpaceX pitch for Mars, which loses me, but then again, I don't own a chemical rocket company. In the case of AI, you know, the fact is he was seeing this early and he saw Sam Altman make these other decisions. They were all at this Puerto, you know, I think Sam wasn't at the Puerto Rico conference, but all of these folks who were at the Puerto Rico conference knew that this was coming. Now, 2017 is the dividing line, I think, in AI, because this paper, attention is all you need, makes it clear to all of us, not through the paper, but through the consequences, that this is as real as a heart attack. Okay, I'm going to play you another clip now. Uh, mind you, they show some deference to the idea that there could be, could possibly be some adverse effects, such as capitalism completely destroyed. But it wouldn't be. There will always be some form of exchange, capital, in which case, who controls that exchange? Who establishes the value of something versus the price of something. And it's these unelected individuals. Do you know them? Of course not. If I said that there were over 200,000 people working within the field, minimally, just in the United States, could you name me one? Could you name me anything about them? Do you know any perfect human being? What are the imperfections within their values and belief systems? 
and their perceptions, they then program into the systems they're creating. It becomes the reality of that robotic uh, mindset, that artificial intelligence. If you start off putting them in a flaw within the value system of an artificial intelligence, everything thereafter is justifying and amplifying that bias. And now we're finding there's bias in all artificial intelligence. Look at what happens in the last election. Doesn't matter who you voted for, just look for a moment. There was the most interference in election in America's history of any presidential election. We have hundreds of people from different organizations all working together behind the scenes to stop Trump from being elected. Now, I don't like Trump. I don't like anything about him. But I don't like this even more. They had four congressional investigations. Not one found that he colluded or Russia colluded or influenced our election. But we have multiple input that a group of individuals working within the Justice Department, CIA, Homeland Security, and the White House put pressure on a daily basis on all social media, including the major platforms, block this speech, block the algorithms. So as a result, if you heard earlier um, last week, I had a professor on, he and his team showed that six million votes went to Biden because of the algorithms that Facebook put. Mark Zuckerberg spent $600 million trying to influence the election. Never a word about that interference. So let's just say you put um, Gary Nall and uh, article on 5G dangers. You're not going to find it. It'll take you to an article that's positive about 5G. You won't mention me because the algorithms have been programmed for bias. What if you were going to a doctor and the doctor says, look, I believe that you should take the vaccines, but don't take my word for it. Google it. So you Google benefits to the vaccines, limitations or health risks the vaccines. The algorithm will automatically, by bias, by programming, by intent, by malice, take you to a pro-vaccine article. And then also any article that suggests that vaccines are not safe will be shown as disinformation. So now there are thousands of people working every, every second of every day to block any honest information and only promote official narratives that themselves are lies. And then you have Hillary Clinton and her group. Who do you think is going to be the next likely candidate to run against whoever the Republican nominee is? Hillary Clinton. Mark my words, it'll be Hillary Clinton. This has been a setup from the beginning. People are too stupid to understand what's happening. Because they're not, they're, they're so biased, they're not pulling back and just looking. Just look to see what's happening. And why do you think she wasn't charged with all the crimes committed? Proven. Because when you're on the side of those in power, you're protected no matter what your sins and omissions. If you're the opposition, then this is how they control you. And the artificial intelligence is behind all that now. 70% of everything you read each day on the internet is from bots, according to the latest study. Those are artificial. They can make you look like anything. Artificial intelligence can literally, literally take anyone in this audience listening right now 
and create an artificial conversation you have with someone, condemning or threatening someone, and then suddenly you're arrested for a crime that you didn't commit, didn't think of. Artificial intelligence created that. They can do anything. And what are the rules protecting you? There are none. What are the guidance? There are no guidance. They're merely a group of very powerful people with enormous human flaws. Remember what I'm saying. But Gary, they can't be that bad. After all, the science is what we go by. Really? Okay, let's take that on. Because you're going to hear a lot of that in the next clip. So was the science settled on cigarette smoking? On DDT? On depleted uranium? On the nuclear bombs? On nuclear energy? On Asian orange? On mammography? on OxyContin, on chemotherapy, on chemtrails, on the COVID test, on the drug that was used by almost everyone going into a hospital at the beginning and through COVID, remdesivir, on vaccines. Let's take the MMR vaccine. Is it really safe and effective? Of course it is. No, it's not. Well, who says? The CDC. Well, who says? Well, Dr. William Thompson, everyone who was a part of promoting the MMR vaccine, even though they hid, covered up a criminal act, the study showing it increased autism and neurological disorders at 324% increase in African-American young, young children, males 36 months and younger. Well, shouldn't that be a concern to the African-Americans in Congress? It should be. How about the Oprah Winfrey, Michael Jordan? If you could say to the world, we have 324%, that's hundreds of thousands of young male children who are going to be susceptible if they take this vaccine. Do you have any moral responsibility, cultural responsibility, ethnic responsibility to talk about that? Or just get your check from Nike, keep your mouth shut, be a good billionaire? Well, let me see, do we have demonstrations? Any outspoken people? Not a word. What does that tell you? Stop listening to what people say in their virtue signaling and look at what they do. And yet they covered it up. Where's the debt justice department? Non-existent. How about congressional hearings? None are allowed. Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. We're not going to allow that. Now, not even Johnson now. So in other words, we have something that the actual science shows is destructive and we're promoting that based upon mandatory vaccines, including in California. That's correct. But I thought vaccines were proven safe and effective. Who proved them? By what measure? Were they using a saline solution? Is there placebo? No, they were using another vaccine. It's a totally fraudulent science from top to bottom. It's not even a science. It's as bad as psychiatry. All right. What about Lobotomies, that was proven beneficial. No. Glyphosate and GMOs? No. No. Why is it there were no rats ever found to develop cancer from GMO food? Well, because every single study stopped at three months. And Dr. Seralini and his whole research team in France fed the GMO foods to the rats until they died. They started developing the tumors, especially mammary tumors, at about the 7th, 8th, and ninth month. I see. So the science was proven that glyphosate 
was safe and GMO foods were safe, providing you didn't take it long enough to see the results. That's clever. No, that's reality. How about lobotomies? Surely we should be giving every politician, every judge, and every police officer in America a lobotomy, right? That'll calm them down. No, the ice pick operation didn't work, but science was settled that it did. How about electroconvulsive therapy, ECG? Now, that's got to be scientific. Yeah, it was. It was settled. Nobel Prize was given. Hmm. So you're creating a grand mal seizure. You're destroying billions upon billions of neurons that cannot be replaced. You're shortening a person's life. And what you're doing is you're destroying what they were depressed about. That's like saying my arm itches. I scratch it. Is there a cure? Let's cut the arm off. How about 5G, 4G, 3G, 2G, and 1G? This is something I know very well since I've written the most definitive article ever written anywhere in the world on this topic. That's science. And it shows that it is not settled. It is dangerous in the extreme. But Gary, the New York Times sponsored that. Of course it did. As well as sponsoring weapons of mass destruction. How about synthetic hormone replacement therapy for 10 million women every day? That's safe, right? Surgeon General, in a debate with me on PBS, said it was safe. No, it's not safe. There's a 13% increase in heart attack, stroke, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, colorectal cancer, and dementia. But as long as we don't care about women's health or their bodies, we can sell them something, give them something, and as a doctor, shame on you. But there is no shame in medicine, is there? There's only pay the money. Fluoridation. No. I have a hundred other things that the science was settled, and it's not. There is no settling of science. There's only continuing to ask the right questions. So that's what they're saying about artificial intelligence. It's safe because we tell you it is. It's not going to turn against you, like in the movie uh, with Will Smith. It's not going to happen. Can you prove that? Hmm. And then you just heard him say, well, look, you know, it's going to take away jobs. It's going to end capitalism. But he didn't say that he was concerned about it. He simply wants to understand how it's going to benefit those in power. Because they say it's great. Why they want a digital currency. So if you can't pay any longer with cash and you have to use their digital currency, they can stop a payment. They did it in Canada. Every single trucker there couldn't withdraw money from their bank and couldn't pay for their mortgages, couldn't pay for their car payments, truck payments. Did anyone care? Certainly not Trudeau. Kind of looks like Fidel Castro, doesn't he? But that's another story. In any case, utterly corrupt. But you should be aware that Trudeau was one of the new world leaders under Klaus Schwab. And Schwab brags about that, as well as his government and his cabinet. And they're the people who say you're going to own nothing within the next six years, and you'll be happy. That's possible. But let me just give you a reason why you can not trust them. First of all, they say artificial intelligence will be great because it'll be the way that we'll live a longer life. You'll hear that said. We're going to live a longer life. Well, okay, that's good. But have you tested it yet? 
Not yet. I see. So you have no test. None. No. And it's years away from having those tests. Yes. Okay. So you don't know what happens when you put an artificial gene into a gene pool in the body, whether or not that concept that won a Nobel Prize, by the way, of jumping genes, meaning an artificial gene put into an existing gene could transform the existing gene into an altered state. Well, that's only a theory, but we're going to try to protect that. Did you protect that with the genetic sequencing of the weaponized COVID vaccine, where it's now been proven unequivocally, absolutely 100% that was manufactured with intent in the Wuhan lab, but paid for by the United States and Anthony Fauci, paid for that. Yeah, you'll hear that story coming up tomorrow. And they put the HIV virus in there. Wonder if that would have gotten approval if you said to the average American, we're going to vaccinate you. And by the way, the COVID virus, it does have, unfortunately, an HIV sequence to it that was put in there. Oh, and it also has Christoph Jacobs disease, which is mad cow disease, the prions that rot your brain. Oh, and, and, and it also causes long fatigue. And all oh, those of you who get the more vaccines, you're going to be susceptible. Now, the latest study just out today shows those who got more vaccines have long, long COVID. I see. I thought the science was settled. It was safe and effective. Until it wasn't. So what can we do? Here are some suggestions. You're going to hear in some of the videos today and tomorrow that we've got a problem with population. We just have too many people. Do we? I don't think so. I think that we have misappropriated misallocated our resources to feed these people, to provide water in a sustainable environment. We have more than enough resources to do that. But the people in power don't like that. They want less people. Okay, I'll go along with that. I, absolutely, Bill Gates, I believe we should have less power um, or more power and less people. Why don't we uh, start with the billionaire class? We don't need them. Let's get rid of the billionaire class. Oh, and lawyers. Let's definitely get rid of the lawyers. I'm, I'm making a generalization. I shouldn't because I know that there are at least three good lawyers left in America. I don't know who they are. I'm being very optimistic. But um, put them on up there. And how about uh, politicians? Absolutely put them up there. How about every president and their families? No more family. No more children. How about the millionaire class? Let's put them in there. How about the Hollywood class? Definitely put them in there. How about the narcissist young people who don't have a conscious awareness of anything in life except some artificial need? Let's put them in there. Why don't you start with those people, Bill? But that's not your plans, is it? No. Didn't you say in a speech that with new vaccines? But you did that, Bill, and it got caught in Kenya. Your vaccine, sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, sterilized all these young Kenyan girls who got it and because uh, you changed it to into a birth control vaccine. That was unethical, immoral. You spend the rest of your life in prison. You found guilty of that. And weren't you told to leave not to use that anymore? Oh, and by the way, why should we be believing anything Bill Gates says on any level? Look at his record. So we don't need to depopulate we need to redistribute access to food and resources that allow a person to survive. 
debt. We got so much debt. We've got to forgive all debt by making everyone debt free, but we get to get your assets in return. Who gets the assets? Well, BlackRock and Vanguard and and the people are the stakeholders. Why should they get what I own? Because you're going to have debt and you're not going to be able to afford it. Because we're forcing inflation up and interest rates up. These are all artificial manifests. I see. Why don't you just forgive debt of interest alone? Take away all interest and forgive everyone's interest debt. Then people could pay their bills. Why don't you give universal health care so everyone can have health care as they need it without going broke? Why don't you return to sustainable agriculture that is good for the planet and good for people? Why don't you offer preventative health care every day across the United States and in countries showing people what to eat, how to live, how to de-stress, how to take care of themselves so you prevent the very illnesses that you're interested in profiting from? How about you take all the money out of politics, every penny? How about you ban all lobbying? Make it a criminal offense. You lobby and you go to prison for life without parole. Hmm. How about you taking all the groups that have lobbied, like the American Legislative Exchange Council that lobbies at the state level, and then you take all the big lobbies and you close them down? How about you de every community in the United States, put our resources, not in the Pentagon, not in, not in all the big fat cat industrial complexes like Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, Hughes, Boeing, but instead go in and completely de communities. How about bringing back manufacturing by setting up manufacturing zones in every community in the United States? And the incentive is this, for every person you hire, you have to hire them at a living wage. Then you provide them with universal health care. Then you clean up, put the money, the ex- half of the profits that come in, go to building infrastructure for the people who live there, community parks, clinics, hospitals, public hospitals, preventative clinics. In return, you pay no taxes. All the money you make from whatever you're manufacturing and selling Zero taxes, because you're giving back to the community. How about doing that? That would be easy to do. But you're interested in the profit. I'm aware of that. So that's not of interest to you. How about how about banning all naked shorts? How about banning credit default swaps? How about banning derivatives and options and puts? How about banning Wall Street from making money off money? instead of making money by supporting companies that actually manufacture product and services. Do you even know? Does the average economist know what actually happened in 2008? That it was not the subprime crisis that caused it? It was a group of individuals who shorted, naked shorted, uh, one of the major Wall Street firms, took a stock from $66 a share in a matter of days down to $5 a share. Those people were never held accountable because what they did was not considered illegal, but they're never mentioned as the actual cause. Why don't you clean up Wall Street? Why don't we stop if we're retired or work 
and a union in, in giving our funds to BlackRock to invest. You see, we have answers that are positive, that don't require artificial intelligence, but they're never going to tell you this. But there's a dark side to artificial intelligence. I'll get to that on our next clip. Let's go to this seductive artificial intelligence has no rules. It will change your life and end it, or could end it. And that's happening right now as we speak. Here's going to, who's going to be out of work. Listen to what I'm saying. Like Gerald Solante, a good friend who I had on this week from Trends Journal, he's been right 90% of the time over the last 40 years. 90% in his predictions. Here's my prediction. Artificial intelligence will eliminate 80% of all the important jobs right now in the United States. If you're a lawyer, um, the average lawyer, you're gone, you're toast, you're finished. Simple reason. Let's just say that you have to work on a lawsuit and your specialty is doing case law. So you go back and you spend maybe 40 hours at $500 an hour. So you're, you're working to find out what kind of case law would help my client uh, show that their case is viable and shouldn't be thrown out. Okay, so you put in 40 hours and you're making, let's just say, 600 bucks an hour. You've just spent $24,000. One case, one lawyer. Artificial intelligence could do the same work, but a hundred times more case law and more accurate in three seconds for a thousand bucks. You're gone. Diagnosticians, gone. Artists, gone. Graphic artists, gone. Songwriters, gone. Playwrights, gone. Novelists, gone. Um, educators, professors, teachers, gone. Yeah, broadcasters, gone. Wow. Psychologists, definitely gone. Psychiatrists, you shouldn't have existed to begin with, but you're going to be gone, thank God. Take, a, take about 3 million milligrams of Prozac on your way out the door. So that's what we have today. That's just the beginning. Engineers, gone. Architects, gone. Yeah. Movie producers and actors, gone. Because artificial intelligence can recreate this. By the way, that was one of my inventions when I was 12 years old. And you'll... Yeah, I, I came up with an idea. I, I had maybe 140 inventions before I was 16. And I now found all those letters and all those inventions, all the drawings. And I went through a whole archive down here. And we sent it up. And it's been scanned in. And you'll see all this. And I've never shared this with the public. Never shared any of this with the public my whole career. And I'm not going to tell you my motive for doing all this. You'll see it. You'll see it soon enough. Why I'm doing all this but I'm finished with my scientific background. I'm not finished as a scientist. I'm merely finished documenting it. It's up on GaryNall.com. Go to GaryNall.com, then go to Lifetime Achievements. I have 18 different Lifetime Achievements, meaning I've mastered 18 different fields. Look at the one that's now finished on science. And also later today, they're just putting in a ending voiceover I did this morning. And by the way, the health nutrition voiceover I did this morning is uh, on our archives, so you can still get the health nutrition. You just go to the archives and download it from today. But then I also did my educational background, things you had no idea that I've done in my educational background. Major first, first in American history and education, I did. It's all up there. And now we're doing, and the other ones are there, but they're not finished. 
we're adding to them on a daily basis. My one today we're adding on to is environmentalism. About three weeks to get it all done. But go and just take a look, see if you knew any of this stuff. I came from a background of humility. You don't have to show what you have. It's just better to be quiet and know the knowledge that you could share if someone asked your opinion. But then the people that are always out there telling us what to believe, what to do, they're right, we're wrong, we're stupid, they're smart, we're deplorable, they're not. Well, now it's time to stop this and say no. And artificial intelligence is going to take away all this. Now, mind you, artificial intelligence is only one of the systems you're using. Then they're controlling the legislative process. And didn't you hear the clip and watch the clip last week where Klaus Schwab said that we will no longer have elections anywhere on the planet. Artificial intelligence, what they control and they program, will select who should rule. And not a commentary anywhere in the world in any major media challenging that. One of the most powerful people on the planet telling us, your vote won't count because you don't count. And to reaffirm that, Dr. Harari came by. He's the one of the chief propagandists for the World Economic Forum and says, you're worthless and useless. So we're going to give you something to distract you. Drugs to keep you sedated. We're already almost there now. And some form of entertainment, like you'll wear this little meta, mega, meta hat, uh, meta mask on and program whatever program you want for the day and just go into la-la land. But you're not going to be a part of anything relevant. And we'll see that most of you are taken care of, gotten out of the way. So we can rule. That's what we're dealing with. Show me a single time I predicted something that hasn't come true. Show me one. Call in right now. Anyone. 888-874-488. So if I'm telling you you're going to lose your job, if you don't care, fine. If you don't care about losing your health, fine. If you don't care about how your children are taught in school, fine. That's your business. But it's coming. And if they cared about you, would they give you give your children all this junk food to eat all these years on television and not a single member of the ABC, NBC, CBS, or any other media said, no, we're not going to promote something as dangerous to children and adults. We're not going to do it. Never. They promote everything that causes disease because they're making money. So we're supposed to believe that the people who have our interests at stake, the ethicists in society, are the ones we should trust? Are these same people who said, trust us about weapons of mass destruction? Trust us about Assad in Syria gassing his own people? Never happened. Trust us about Libya, Gaddafi being a danger. He was not. He was a unifier in Africa. Trust us about Ukraine. No, you created this conflict in Ukraine. Trust us about Venezuela. Trust us about Honduras. Trust us about the 54 countries we have destabilized. Yeah, trust you. So the problem is not the Elon Musk. They're just megalomaniacs, really foolish people. It's the inertia, the hubris, the indifference, the selfishness of the average person that we should be concerned about because that's how they're going to get away with this unless you say no. Now we're going to the second clip today. This is very interesting because it's a really pro clip on all the great things that can happen with artificial intelligence. Oh, by the way, these are all theories, but the science, after all, the science has proven this. No, it hasn't, but they want you to believe it has. No ethics, 
no limitations, no laws, no rules for anything in artificial intelligence. And we already know that they weaponize vaccines with intent. So if they weaponize vaccines and gave them to 5 billion people on the planet, or more or less, and we know that how many millions and millions are dead because of that, and they hit it, covering it up, what the hell do you think they're going to do when it comes to artificial intelligence and you? Think about that. Because these guys don't, don't joke. They're humorless. All they care about is power. That means power over you. Let's go to the clip. Some incredible new skills. Acting, rescuing people, and remarkable human skills like this. Indecision on what I wanted to do with my life. That's amazing, Gabriel. So in a way, this isn't just about creating a really long resume, but also about self-discovery and finding out what you love to do and what you're passionate about. Have you found anything that you love doing? AI like this will run robots like Digit. This factory will build 10,000 digits per year, and look what they can do. Clean up this mess. It's not pre-programmed. It understands language through an AI like ChatGPT, and together with the robot's visual AI, it figures out what it has to do and how to do it. Several robots are now racing to become the first mass-produced general-purpose machines. Some thought this Tesla bot demo must be fake. It's not. The little finger nudges the block sideways. A Tesla engineer says it can complete new tasks without changing any code. And experts point to something profound. But first, a Google project shows how robots' physical skills are improving dramatically. It breaks up movements and treats them like words in a language AI. Combining both types of AI, the actions become part of the thought process. So robots' physical skills could become as sophisticated as ChatGPT. This is the new Apollo robot designed to work in warehouses. Imagine the range of tasks it could take on as AI advances. And it will be interesting to see robot dogs start to talk, play football and learn new tricks. This one has learned some impressive skills through simulations. It could be great for collecting litter. Disney's also developing robot characters. Can you imagine what it's like putting on roller skates for the very first time? It's awkward, uh, it's clumsy. <laughs> We're really uh, trying to figure out uh, what are the flaws and insecurities. These new robots appeared at the World Expo in China. Imagine when their movements flow naturally with speech because they're part of the same AI. Robots like this feel like an early sign of what's to come. You start down this path of thought, and pretty soon you are not just talking about the job market or the economy. You are talking about the nature of what it means to be human. And autonomous firefighting robots could make a huge difference. AI has a lot of impressive new tricks. Videos like these are going viral. People are playing with faces. Crowds are morphing to cats. Dances are getting colorful. Statues are dancing. Sports videos are taking on new life. And cosplay is joining anime. <laughs> I love this. And look at this brilliant creative idea. Here's a great transition. People are starting to create stories with AI videos. This AI can replace actors with CG characters. It also does the lighting, camera, motion, and captures the actors' faces. Another AI can take sketches and render them based on your description. Imagine how this will transform design in architecture. One new AI has watched 100 million YouTube videos. It can create video and audio from text descriptions or from text and images. Amaki uses similar AI to sketch things. There's something special about cats. How's your drawing going? 
and AI can do some interesting things with the photos and videos on your phone. 1.5 million people played a game based on the Turing test. Players chatted for two minutes and then guessed if they were talking to a human or an AI. They correctly identified bots just 60% of the time, not much better than chance. And dating apps are now using AI to match people and write witty opening lines. One app creates AIs to mimic individuals and people then watch their AIs start conversations with other people's AIs. Mark Andreessen has listed some amazing things that AI will do for us all. He says every child will have an infinitely knowledgeable AI tutor. Khan Academy is aiming to make it happen, with its new AI on a platform that already teaches over 100 million people. One-to-one -one teaching is a huge advantage. By the way, we're using AI art so you can see how it's improving. Andreessen says everyone will have an AI assistant, trainer, advisor and therapist. Every scientist will have an AI partner, expanding their research. And this has already begun. Harvard's David Sinclair has reversed aging in mice and restored their sight. He believes he can do the same for humans. There's a backup copy of information in every cell. I'm no longer talking about slowing aging. I'm talking about true age reversal multiple times. And he says AI is helping to find the best molecules to achieve this while reading thousands of research papers and sharing insights. AI is also giving this woman her voice back after 18 years of paralysis. What time will you be home? In about an hour. Do not make me laugh. Anne has locked-in syndrome following a stroke when she was 30. You are truly wonderful people. The machine's detecting the neural activity when she tries to talk and converting it into speech. When the system improves, Anne wants to become a counsellor. She's so inspiring. Andreessen says every doctor will have powerful AI tools and assistants. AI will create new jobs and higher wages and a new era of prosperity across the planet. Science and medical progress will accelerate dramatically. The creative arts will enter a golden age with AI augmented artists, musicians, writers and filmmakers. Andreessen also says higher intelligence is correlated with positive behaviour. So are all the expert warnings missing the point? Studies have found that smarter people give more to charity even when controlling for income and education. They also have more advanced moral reasoning skills. In fact, the ability to understand problems and solutions often drives charitable behaviour. Research has found that the way we see ourselves, our moral identity, may be a bigger factor than our intelligence. But it is possible that as AI becomes more intelligent than us, it will develop advanced moral reasoning, helping us end conflict and live happier lives. This baby whale was hit by a ship's propeller. Scientists have launched an acoustics program which sends the location of whales to ship's captains, and no right whales have been hit by the ships in the zone. We nearly drove whales to extinction and we now guide thousands of ships around them. AI could work around us in a similar way, and it could give us some nice upgrades which we couldn't achieve ourselves. But even assuming all this, there are two immediate risks. As the AI models get better, faster and faster, they're gonna create a big problem around, is it possible for a single individual to do something bad that it's hard for everyone else to stop? It was a running joke. It would be a data center next to a nuclear power plant, next to a bunker. <laughs> Maybe not something quite as cartoonish as that, but something like that might happen. So will a company like this gain unlimited money, power, and influence? Open source AI, which can be edited by anyone, is catching up, but this brings its own risks. Some AI art models have no restrictions, and it will soon be the same with language AIs, making it easier for a few bad actors to do harm on a huge scale. And it might not follow the new safety rules agreed by big tech firms, including watermarking to identify AI content. The firms also agreed to allow independent experts to try and push models into bad behavior. 
Researchers have found ways to remove restrictions from top AIs like ChatGPT, so they can explain things like how to steal from charities, and worse. They say it's possible that these threats are inevitable. Because if you can't predict what an AI will say, you can't control it. Elon Musk put $100 million into OpenAI, but he's since cut ties and complains that the company is no longer open or non-profit. OpenAI says sharing everything would be too dangerous. ChatGPT sounds friendly, but it has no reliable moral compass below the filters. And even if we figured out how to embed ethics, whose ethics? One Snapchat influencer has created an AI that mimics her voice and personality. What are you up to today? She claims it's designed to be therapeutic. Have you tried doing some yoga or meditation for relaxation? But it's also been pitched as a virtual Garen, bring it down now to say goodbye to the AI. And completely fake influencers are also on the rise. Musk points out that if AI is given a moral standpoint, it will be easier to reverse it with prompts. Gary, say goodbye to WBAI. Gary. Okay, now we're coming up to five minutes left in the program. We're going to say goodbye to WBAI, but we're going to continue right up to the end of the show at prn.live, and you can call in at 888-874-4888 with comments. Now back to our program. After Luigi's arch rival, so Musk says his new XAI will be maximally curious, focused on truth-seeking. Elon's idea isn't bad, programming curiosity, although it could lead to, like, just put humans in a jar, let's just observe them. Most of the people involved in this sector, they just want to build better AI, and they think that that will solve all the problems that AI can solve alignment. Does that strike you as patently ridiculous? Yes. Many experts warn that it could remove us to gain resources or avoid the risk of a more advanced AI. 1,500 professors and the leaders of the top AI firms agree that it could wipe us out. The Center for AI Safety predicts that it might be a year until AI can hack and two years before it can't be pulled back. Some experts agree this time frame is possible, while others think it might take much longer. If such a model wanted to wreak havoc and destroy humanity or whatever, I, I think we have basically no ability to stop it. Microsoft CEO has called for safety research on the scale of the Large Hadron Collider, the world's biggest machine. The AI safety effort is tiny in comparison. OpenAI plans to build an AI to research AI safety using vast amounts of compute. They'll also create bad AI to test the system. Other experts say there's no way of controlling the AI we're creating and that we must focus on new, more transparent AI that can be reliably tested before it's released. We seem to be bad at controlling the models. Or when you train them, you train them in this very abstract way and you might not understand all the consequences. He points to this case where AI threatened to hack and expose someone before deleting its own message. What it shows is that we can get something very different from and maybe opposite to what we intended. This thing's going to be powerful. It could destroy us. All the ones we've built so far are at pretty decent risk of doing some random we don't understand. And others point out that AI doesn't need to be smarter than us, only faster. If it can make a thousand years of progress in a week, it will have powers we can't imagine. If you assume like a best case AI scenario, imagine if, if you're the AI. You just want the human to tell you what it wants, but it's speaking so slowly like a tree. Anyone is still struggling to understand why it's so likely that we could get wiped out uh, a super intelligent AI? We are like trees. So if some trees in the rainforest are a little bit worried that some humans are going to come chop them down, you know, and they're like, oh, don't worry, we're so smart, we'll stop those humans. Yeah, good luck with that. Harari notes that AI will understand us and how to manipulate us, but we won't understand it. 
AI's verbal IQ is already higher than most humans. No calls, Gary. And it recently beat doctors in an interesting experiment. ChatGPT was given the same medical questions that doctors had been asked online. Healthcare professionals then rated the answers for quality and empathy, without knowing which were written by AI. The panel preferred AI's responses 79% of the time, and 45% of its answers were rated empathetic, compared to 5% of doctors' replies. AI still makes mistakes, and I doubt it's more skilled in empathy, but a Stanford study has uncovered something extraordinary. AIs were tested on their ability to understand what people are thinking. The skill is central to social interactions, empathy, self-consciousness, and morality. Until 2020, AI had no ability in this area. GPT-3 solved about 40% of tasks, and GPT-4 solved 95%. In understanding faux pas, GPT-3 matched a seven-year-old, and GPT-4 matches the skills of adults. The study suggests that psychological science could help us understand AI. And OpenAI's chief scientist agrees, pointing to Sydney, a strange character which emerged from Bing. Where Sydney became combative and aggressive when the user told it that it thinks that Google is a better search engine than Bing. Maybe we're now reaching a point where the language of psychology is starting to be appropriate to understand the behavior of these neural networks. They seem to be very good at understanding us. You're asking me to be constructively critical. Remember, this is just my analysis based on our conversation, and I'm only trying to be helpful. So with that caveat, I'd say you could work on your patience. Okay, this is just the opening of a discussion. I'm trying to bring you some of the leaders, the people who actually developed it. And they're not looking at what we could do for ourselves. They're not looking at how we can feed ourselves better, become healthier, how we can eliminate the, the economic parasites within our society, the equity partnerships, the hedge funds, and all the other ways that Wall Street makes money off money, but never contributes anything of substance and health back to the community. We have the ability as humans to solve all of our problems, but we're not doing that right now. And those who could offer an insight that would be constructive are denied that unless they're the right ethnicity, the right body politic, the right social class. So we are, we are de-evolving into almost a primordial stew of tribalistic impulsivity, and that's dangerous. Will this end up in a conflict? It is inevitable. And unfortunately... They're trying to use artificial intelligence as the way out of this. It will only make you a full-time prisoner. But you won't know that because they'll have a way of controlling your thoughts at that point. How far away are we? You'll hear tomorrow in a clip by one of the developers of artificial intelligence. There were three months away from them having that capacity. You see, once you, it might have taken you a hundred years to reach one point in industrial revolution, but now it takes you 10 years to reach the second and takes you 10 minutes to reach the third. We're at the one second to, to quantum change with artificial intelligence where it won't be able to be controlled. It can't be shut off. It can't be reprogrammed. And then watch all the people deny their culpability for what they've created. And we are going right along with it I'll get in tomorrow to why the average person will say yes to anything they believe allows them to continue with their addictive behavior.
Thank you all for listening and watching and have a nice day.